prophet, preacher, sermon leader, rector, reverend, deacon, elder, what the hell is a pastor? What is your theology question? Okay, so, uh, it's a silly one. So, uh, what is your least favorite mainstream Christian theology thing? Go. Oh my gosh. And so it can't be evangelicals. That's too easy. That's that's <laughs> not what I mean. That's not what I mean. I mean like you're sitting in seminary and so and 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 you're you're re- doing a reading and you're learning a thing and then and then your brain goes, "Oh, I don't like that at all. That's no good." It can be a person. It can be a uh you know, a a movement, a school of thought, something like that. Oh gosh. Um Oh man, it's also clear that you have a good answer that you want to talk about. Oh, um, oh, I, I just have an answer. I'd love to talk about your answer. I don't um, have to talk about just mine. I think the, um, you know, Christus Victor makes Ooh, me mad. Interesting. Tell me more. I, well, so in the like the kind of cartoon way that we talk about Christus Victor, where um, it's an atonement theory for those who are listening, it's it's a way of making sense of what happened on the cross, and the idea is that humanity owes a debt because humanity has sinned, so humanity is under the power of Satan, and what Jesus does is Jesus almost like Lion and Witch in the Wardrobe, Aslan, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus dies for us on the cross. But surprise, Jesus doesn't stay dead and so breaks the power of the devil. So it's this it's this bait and switch that happens. Like the devil's right. like, okay, you can have all of humanity, but I get you. And then Jesus is like, lols, you can't have me. And now everyone's free. And I just think that that idea of God, God as a trickster and God having God being the person who set up the entire system in the first place, just so he can play this practical joke on the devil, who is also a creation of God, like, just like our God and Satan pals and that this is just, you know, like Satan got God good in the garden. And so now God's getting him back. And, you know, like at the at the return of Jesus, that's that's when they go to it again, playing practical jokes with the fate of humanity in the balance. Like, why do we, other than, like, the cinematic value of it, why is that a reading that we take? And it's, because it's, and it also, like, ups this character of Satan. And 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 I really, really, really hate it when people are like, well, you know, we got Satan on our backs, and that's why we do wrong. No, friend, you have trauma in your past that you haven't dealt with, and that's something that you're doing wrong. And yes, that trauma is a result of somebody else's sin, but like that does not mean like you are freed from everything that is keeping you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Why on earth do you insist on blaming some historical figure that is? not even really biblical like ugh. anyway christus victor i don't like it i don't like it I, I could i feel that that's so what you've described you know this is more for the listeners than for just you that's sort of a, a ransom version of christus victor right right like like there's some other versions of christus victor because it's because it's really it, christus victor as like a it's really more of an umbrella term right mm. Uh, and, and Christus Victor has more to do 
Ransom has what you've described is Christus Victor. Don't get me wrong, but for our listeners, Christus Victor has more to do with with you know the fact that the the, the primary thing Jesus saves us from is Satan. Right. Right. And so uh, other thing, other ways of talking about the atonement, like what happens on the cross, places other emphases on other things. So like the the way that a lot of at least Protestants tend to understand atonement is in a, a form of substitution atonement where um, where where the thing Jesus needs to save us from is God's wrath. And so against our sin. And so Jesus saves us by. I don't know, uh, being a shield against God's wrath or, or, or being, a, a, a punching bag or right, right. <laughs> stuff like that, which it's is very, very problematic. Guy. Yeah. 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 It's, it's kind of, it's kind of upsetting. But yeah, that's really interesting. Are, are you more, are you more comfortable with other versions of Christus Victor? Um, sure. I, so, uh, true life confessions, I only know the straw man version of Christus Victor, and I disliked it so much that I never really went for it. <laughs> That's okay. Um, what, like, the, the version of the atonement that I, that I like the best, I, Catherine Tanner expresses in Christ mm. the Key, and that essay might be from somewhere else first, but that's where I read it, where she talks about how the the saving the saving act is primarily in the incarnation. It's the right. uniting of God and humanity, and that that's what the problem was before was that separation, that being sent away, and that apart from God, we're not able to be our the fullest version of ourselves. And so, in by bringing humanity and divinity together in the person of Jesus, like that bridge has already been built. And then Jesus lives out the rest of his life um, as God would in human form, which is telling people that when they're oppressing people, they got to stop doing that and, and giving a good example just by virtue of being God in human flesh of how to love one another and how to be with one another. And by having like such abundant healing power that healing just goes out of him, like in, mm -hmm. in the story with the woman of the issue of blood. And then, but what happens is what would have always happened, no matter when Jesus became incarnate, when the word became incarnate, is that humanity's sin could not abide any longer with God on earth. And so we killed him. The powers that be could not stand having somebody telling them that they were powerless. And so that's Jesus got crucified. Mm -hmm. And the second kind of part of salvation. So like the cross is is salvific only in the way that it shows us like the depth of of what needs to be brought out of us. And then the other really saving part of it is the resurrection when God proves that nothing on this earth has more power than God. And so we have been reunited back to God. We have the ability to live lives that are free from this, the, the powers of this world, the sin of this world. And that that's how we're saved is we are not that we're bought, not that we're paid for or anything like that, but that God came to earth so that humans could become like God. Right, right. That's what I go for. What What is salvation but not somebody who is not God being alive with God's own life? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Catherine good Tanner's stuff school. to me. Catherine yeah. Tanner's school. That tends to be um, how I understand salvation in, in that way. I'm a recapitulation guy. And so I find a lot of which is which is a, a form of incarnational atonement, ultimately, because it, it's the incarnation is really the, the key that activates that. And so I kind of I, I find a lot of beauty in 
uh, Irenaeus, which is who's one of mm-hmm. the main folks for recapitulation. And recapitulation listeners is is um, this uh, idea that how uh, Christ saves us is by um, uh, Christ's um, living his uh, the life of humanity by retracing the steps of humanity and kind of repairing it as he goes. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And and so and so when Irenaeus reflects on this theme of recapitulation as as Christ becomes the new head of the race, right? That's kind of recapitulate. That's sort of what that means. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, the Latin. Yeah, and so when when Christ becomes as Christ is doing this, Irenaeus looks to the literal stories of the gospel, and and he sees in in these events that Jesus is is participating in and and the events of who Jesus is as sort of uh, evidence for this. And so it's sort of a literary and narrative way of talking about it. And so mm. Irenaeus would say um so and and the argument's kind of funny to our ears now, but but I I think that the logic is really beautiful. Um Irenaeus would say things like uh uh where Adam the first Adam is born of untilled soil, like he's made out of dirt, right? Right. In 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 the book of Genesis, Christ is born out of uh, the untilled soil of a virgin's womb, hmm. and so we have we have uh, Irenaeus draws sort of a literary similarity, and he says, see, even in our in in the birthing, even in 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 the the springing upon the scene of Adam and the second Adam, there is a similarity. There is a there is a uh, the second Adam um, um, retraces Adam's steps. And, uh, you know, where, where Adam, and when Irenaeus says Adam, he sort of includes, he really is just saying humans, humanity, right. you know. Uh, Irenaeus actually makes that clear. He, he, he doesn't think Adam is a real person. He thinks, he thinks Adam is, is shorthand for people. Um, you know, and, and he talks about the, the, dev- the powers of evil are in that as well, right? Like where, where the devil or the powers of evil bind up Adam, uh, uh, Christ time and time again unbinds mm-hmm. the, you know, and, and, and so on and so on and so on. And I, and I think that it's a beautiful logic and I think it works. Like, uh, Irenaeus at one point has a little poetic moment where he says, um, Christ became a baby for babies, a child for children, an adult for adults. He suffered for those who suffer, you know, and and mm. and and so on. And and that's all a part of this recapitulation incarnation logic. You know, the it not just the fact that Christ was a person, not just the fact that Christ was fully human. It's also that Christ was a fully human living humanly. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. and so that Christ um, cried and walked and lived means that the lived reality of being a human being is also touched by the divine and then is sort of reworked. And and the idea then is is that the, the resurrection is sort of the the beginning of new humanity. And so all humanity is sort of restarted with Christ as as the head of the race rather than Adam as the head of the race. Mm. And so it's almost like uh, everything begins again. I think that's really beautiful. 
Yeah, and it gives a reason for why Jesus had to live a whole life before the crucifixion happened, right? If the death was the important thing, then, like, Mary could have, like, smashed Jesus' head against a rock right out of the womb, and boom, you know, atonement has happened. But there's a, we really have to account for Jesus' lifetime in some way, shape, and form. Right, right. And and the interesting thing, quick side note, Irenaeus actually includes Mary in uh, in the recapitulative moment. Yes. Uh, which is really interesting. Um, um, uh, he gets some flack for it among Protestants, but but it's I think it's actually a really canny move, um, where he, you know, he he kind of implies more than implies that that the faithfulness of Mary, the or or uh, yeah yeah the faithfulness of Mary, and he, he points to the Magnificat and some other folks. Uh, other places um, is is sort of the counter to Eve, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if if uh, if if uh, Denise Hopkins were here, she'd, she'd freak out on me. Eve did she nothing would. wrong. Like, I know, I know, Eve did nothing wrong in the received tradition of the church. <laughs> you know, outside right. of of historical critical methods, like yes, uh, e, uh, Mary is sort of included in that moment of of kind of. Um, uh, uh, retracing the steps. So, mm-hmm. very interesting. I like that. My thing, my thing is soul making theodicy. Oh, yeah, I do hate that too. Tell us soul-making more. Soul making theodicy. So, theodicy, friends, is the fancy word for uh, basically trying to explain the problem of evil. How, how can God be all good and all loving and all powerful? Uh, and know all things, and yet the world is still filled with evil. That's like the question of theodicy. And um, soul-making theodicy is a particular way of answering that. And it has its roots in a guy by the name of John Hick, who I hate. Um, (laughs) I can tell just by the way you said his name. John Hick. (laughs) Um, He is my uh, uh, religious studies grandfather. He was the thesis advisor of my um, uh, of uh, of one of my main religious studies professors in college, and so it, it all kind of comes together. Um, but John Hick uh, is hard to pin down. He's a religious philosopher, kind of a theologian. But anyway, he uh, creates this idea. He he well he doesn't. He actually claims Irenaeus creates it, but that just means John Hick uh, clearly misunderstands Irenaeus because I've read a lot of Irenaeus and Irenaeus doesn't doesn't say this. But anyway, um, <laughs> he doesn't. He just doesn't. I this is completely wrong. Can I but, just quote Dr. Young and be like, a world class theologian has said something, and you, Ethan, know better than a world class theologian. And then I said. Yes, I do. <laughs> In this case, yes, Dr. Young, that is true. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I just think he's wrong. And and so the soul-making theodicy is this. Hick claims uh, that the reason why there is suffering and evil in the world uh, is that God allows it to happen because God – wants to um, make humanity stronger. And so Hick claims that suffering... Stronger and more moral, more... more, uh, 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 He's making souls, right? He's he's crafting uh, souls. He's crafting people. Ubermensch alert. 
Oh my gosh. To help them become, yeah. Um, and so, and Hick, you know, Hick, Hick doesn't, Hick isn't a, uh, a, a brute. And what I mean is, um, Hick doesn't have in mind, like, this idea that, um, what God really wants is, is big Aryan race, six Mm. foot eight, you know. That wasn't fair of me to say. But, well, but, but I'm glad you said it, because, like, Hick, Hick has in mind, a kind of uh, moral thing, right? Like a like a morally strong, spiritually tough uh, race, right? And so Hick theorizes that the world is made this way on purpose. That he he says God is all powerful. God does know all things. God is all loving. The 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 part of the theodicy question that we are getting wrong is there might not be such a thing as evil. Is ultimately hmm. what Hick says is that what we call evil is really just God's um, space, the space that God makes in creation for um, uh, the the um, the soul making to happen, for the for the the uh, the um, development to take place. It's the growing pains ultimately. Oh. And um, Hick is a really – and this is why I hate it. There's a, there are some obvious reasons why I hate it, but let me tell you the real reason why I hate it. I hate it because it is very elegant. Mm-hmm. It's elegant. It, Hick is a great writer. Um, I read the text where he, he makes these cases, and other than the fact that he does claim Irenaeus's logic to it – the reason why he claims Irenaeus's lo- Irenaeus is, is a forefather for it is because Irenaeus believed in, in uh, the developing spiritual maturity of human beings. Right, as and you so, would expect him to. Right, right, and, and so and he juxtaposes Irenaeus to Augustine who, who kind of – who kind of maybe if Hick is to be believed, and there might be some truth to this, but I, I don't know. I think it might be too pronounced. Hick would claim that Augustine sort of sees uh, the first humans as sort of spiritually perfect, uh, where where, Irin, where Hick claims that Irenaeus sees the first humans as sort of spiritually innocent. Mm-hmm. And, and there is this sense in Irenaeus uh, where Irenaeus says – Remember that the goal is for a developing spiritual maturity, and and this is this is why God um, uh, uh, um, draws human beings into God's life and 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 sets them into the world to to kind of become more spiritually mature uh, so that they can be with God. And and Irenaeus kind of places the work of recapitulation as sort of the the freeing salvific way for that to happen because there's this sense in Irenaeus where human beings are captured, enslaved to the power of sin, and so are no longer able to continue walking in that spiritual journey. And so they need to be set free so that they can be set back on the path of, of spiritual maturity. Okay, mm. that's all fine. But Irenaeus is not you doing that to answer theodicy. You know, right. Irene, that that's a particular theological anthropological move. It's not a theodicy move. You know, it's not a it's not a move that says thus people rape people. Right. You know. You know what I mean. And so, um, so I I don't like the soul making theodicy because uh, it apps it a hundred percent fails to answer the question of evil because Absolutely. all what all what Hick ultimately just says is that there might not be such a thing as evil that that's just sort of a defect in our perspective that uh, what we call evil is really uh, a particular uh, purpose for that God has for it 
But that's ridiculous because Hick is writing in the 60s and 70s, so he should know better. Right. He, he was alive. He was alive when uh, when six million Jews were gassed. All for the sake of spiritual maturity. Give me a break. Yeah. Give me a break. You know, that's Ooh. that's ridiculous. So that's one reason why I don't like it. But the other reason why I don't like it I just said, which is it's it's really elegant. And therefore easy to explain to people. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um not only is it easy to explain to people, but but like we already sort of believe it. Yeah. And now mostly that's because we're middle class and white, you know, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but we already sort of believe it. We already kind of incorporate that in, in a lot of our day to day getting through the day language, right? Yeah. And so for Hick to just kind of take something that we, we sort of already believe and then kind of expand it into a cosmic thing, mm-hmm. um, it's really not that hard. And, and I get it. There's a kid in class, a kid, a fellow student of mine that took class with me when when we read that for the first time, and he was the only one in the class who liked it. And and I'll never forget it because he's got a punchable face. That's why that's why I'll never forget. And and he was like, "Am I the only one who finds a lot of hope in this?" And I'm like, "You." And I kind of looked at him and I thought. It appears to be because, you know, it, that this soul making theodicy is purely designed to allow people like John Hick to sleep at night. Yeah. Not yeah. not, you know, Jews, not not folks who are being you know, openly oppressed, you know, openly yeah. hurt and not. The there's ro- nothing that frees the captives in this. You know? Right. Not. Not. There's nothing. You know. The the survivors of the Rwandan genocide are not sleeping well, <laughs> knowing yeah. that this that that the potential for this all happened. You know, because of that. Now. Now. The funny thing about this, and then I'll and then I'll get off of it. My my dislike for soul making theodicy is the beginning of my um, journey, if you will, to deciding. Uh, that I don't believe that God in God's self suffers. Hmm. Um, and coming to the conclusion that that's good news, you know, because um, the funny thing is, is that Hick uh, also doesn't think that God suffers, but he does think suffering is good. Okay, we're going to have to set this aside because i got to go in a minute. Um, But let's do another one of these because we need to deal with all of that. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Like like the – it's – because that's – yes, you're right. We'll stop. But that is what I think. I don't think God suffers. I think Jesus Christ suffered. Let's be – like I'm not not here to say that – and so therefore, yes, the word suffered. Like I'm I'm there. But but I don't think that God uh, um, suffers. Uh, but I also, the reason why I don't, one of the reasons why I don't think God suffers is because I think suffering is bad. I don't think right. suffering is ever good. I think yeah. it's always a bad thing. Let's pick up there next time. Very good. We shall. Will you sign us off? Yes. This has been a mini episode of What the Hell is a Pastor? We are Ethan and Joe, and we will see you next time.